Hello, hello. We're back with episode eight of Somehow I Dad, the podcast about dad life. Coming to you from Alabama, the bishop in the bedroom, Tyler Giddens. Beans. What's up, guys? From Seattle, TJ Weaver. What's going on, everybody? And coming on as a first time guest on the show, we've got a good friend of the show and brother in law to TJ, Sir Alex Minton. What's happening? All right, Alex, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yep. So my name's Alex Minton. I'm 31 years old. Um, I live in the Seattle area up here in Washington. Um, goodness, how long have I been married? Uh, we're, we're coming up on 10 years in August. Um, I've got two beautiful children, um, one six Lincoln and one three Uriah. Um, and what do I do for a living? Gosh, I have a lot of jobs actually. Um, I'm a young adults pastor, uh, as well as the best way to put it, a supply chain manager for a large distribution company. Um, and what I love to do, um, I love to hunt. Um, I love to get out in the woods. I love to spend time with my boys. Love to watch combat sports of all kinds, shapes, and sizes. Um, may, except for slap fighting, that's that's really not my uh, not my gig. But, Dude, I've been um, seeing that lately. That's been getting some traction. <laughs> the the one that's got me is the jujitsu in a car. That one's that one's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I've never seen that. <laughs> oh, it's Russians, Russians come up with everything. Okay. They just figure it out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and obviously I love, I love to play video games. So I love to spend time with the boys that way. So pleasure, pleasure to be here with you guys tonight. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, Gordo and Abe were both busy tonight. Um, <clears throat> poor Abe has been having the whirlwind of his life. Um, he hasn't been on this. This will be the third episode. Um, he has got a lot going on with his job. He just got a new promotion at work. Um, and he has just been, um, <laughs> given, given a lot to handle. So he will be back on the show. He is not gone. Um, and Gordo's got some, some family stuff he's got to take care of. So, uh, it's just the four of us rolling in tonight. Uh, we've got a great episode in store for you guys. Let's get into it. All right, guys, what's happened since our last dad cast? Does anyone have any stories about your kids or family uh, you want to share? <laughs> Looks like Oakley's, Oakley's got some stories she wants to share. Uh, Levi took a massive Chipotle-sized burrito up to his bed and <laughs> poured it out on his bed. <laughs> and um, we, so my wife and I made a rookie mistake. Where we thought, you know, it's after church on a Sunday, we can take a nap with oh, four no, children. It's a glorious it, thing. It, it was a holy nap. It yeah. was lovely. <laughs> and then we wake up to my oldest, Luke, standing next to the bed, like <laughs> three feet away, going, <laughs> Levi's got a burrito on his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and me being immature, I was like, did he pull his poop out of his diaper? <laughs> But no, that's where I was expecting the story to go. (laughs) No, so I bought two burritos on my way home from church because we got this little local Mexican restaurant. They make really good tacos that M likes and they make carne asada burritos that I like. But I last time I got a burrito, it was kind of almost Taco Bell sized, which was disappointing. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get two this time because normally they're like chipotle sized so i got two chipotle sized burritos i'm like well now i can't (laughs) eat this so i put it in the fridge 
but I'm an idiot and I put it on a low shelf in the fridge, not a high mm. shelf on the fridge. So yeah, Levi went up there, dumped the burrito on his bed and had a little kid fork. Was <laughs> eating carne asada off his mattress. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but when you're like, because I'm up for church at five yeah, because I, I wake up, pack everything up, shower, shave. Yep. And I, I'm the band director, so I try to always get there early. So call time, 645. My goal is to be there, 625, 630, get all my stuff set up. So any church gremlins that pop up, um, <laughs> I can be available to help, whether it's broadcast yeah. side, front of house side. Yeah. Um, but so I was tired and I was dead sleep. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I get sweaty when I like get into that deep sleep. Like, I'm just sweaty all the time. So. That's fair. That's because <laughs> you wear a sweater 24-7. That's true. <laughs> um, well, well insulated. But yeah, so it was holy nap to straight adrenaline dump into the body. <laughs> and so, and wife, who's also dead tired, got just got over a cold. And we're like steam cleaner getting meat juice off his freaking bed figuring out where the carne asada is where's the tortilla like it was just it was a hot mess and i came downstairs and i come down i sit in my office chair and sits in her chair and we look at each other and we're like that was dumb why did we even try to sleep like we came and my wife being the sweet, loving woman she is, it's just like, I'm so tired. I can't deal with this. I don't like it. Oh my God. All I want to do is sleep. And these kids, these kids. And I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, why do I have to be in the mature one? <laughs> only three. It's okay. It's just a burrito. It's frustrating. I did want to continue napping, but it was, yeah, that was the spicy, uh, Sunday afternoon, but service was fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't trade being a dad for anything else, but goodness, freaking kids, man. <clears throat> That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, my oldest Aspen, every night we put her down in her bed to go to sleep. And uh, every morning we wake up with her in the between us. So uh, that's, that's fun. But for some reason, the last three days, every morning, We'll tell her to get up and go grab the baby a bottle because like your child, she can reach the first shelf and grab a bottle off. Very responsible with that. Um, but for the last three days, she has told us that she doesn't want to get out of the bed. And we're like, why? And she said, because of the tan dog that's running through the house. So I don't know if we have like a <laughs> demon dog in our house, like a hellhound or what's going on. But she is like in tears, will not get out of the bed because this oh tan dog God. is running through our house. I was like, there's no dog in this house except for our dog. You know, she's solid black. Oh, you know what this God. sounds a lot like? A Gordo story? It sounds like you got a goat man living oh, in your house. <laughs> and Aspen can see goat man. No, that's, that's dad life. When a kid has such a vivid dream that they're confident that it has happened in real life. That is um, the, I, I, you can't like convince I don't them know. that it didn't happen. I, it thought, I, was think, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know how I'm going to convince Zeke. When he's when he starts having nightmares, like and tells me there's like a, a monster, my kid Zeke. Oh, Ed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> when when Zeke has nightmares, I don't know how I'm gonna convince him that like there's not like a monster in his closet. Because I'll go in there and just like very much prove to him there's no monster under his closet. 
or in his closet or a monster under his bed. And like, he keeps telling me there's one, like, I, what do I do? Like, I, don't, I was like, no, like I'm, I feel like I'm very much like evidence-based now. Like I just showed you, there's nothing in the closet. There's nothing under your bed. Like what? I don't, he's like, no, but it's in there. I'm like, but it's not like I, that's the most frustrating part of parenting. Sometimes yeah. you, you have to stoop to their level and just accept that they think it's real and then talk to them when they are not in sleep mode. Because I've done that with Luke because he watched uh, some gamer playing Minecraft and he was afraid of whatever. He thought there was, the, he thought there was a creeper in his room. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he heard it. He said he heard it outside. Outside. So it was one of those nights where I was like, I'm going to sit in your room until you fall asleep. Luckily, he falls asleep like me where he's like full conversation. And then it's yeah. beautiful. And then I walked out. I'm like, I just dadded the crap out of this moment. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I had a similar situation with Lincoln and um, I, I played into it, but empowering him at the same time. So he has my son is super into Transformers, like knows more than most like transformer manufacturers about transformers. <laughs> he and, knows uh, more than Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, right. And so um, he's like freaking out about Decepticons under his bed or whatever. So I'm like, all right, dude, this is what we're gonna do. So I went and got he has these little uh bumblebee arm rockets. Yeah. Right. And I put them on him and I said, okay, anytime you see a Decepticon, just shoot him. Right. <laughs> I go, I go into our room and our master bedroom is like uh right next to his room. So I just hear for like an hour and a half. He was up for an hour and a half just fake blasting these Decepticons till he fell asleep. <laughs> sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah, you gotta yep. you gotta give them uh a little bit of um that power over the thing that they fear. Yeah. And, and it's the fact that he was shooting them for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. He was committed. Like he, he was you committed. think it'd be for like 10 or 15 minutes. That's amazing. Garrett, how's the nursery coming along? Uh, nursery's all finished. Got our bags all packed. Um, we are ready to go. Um, little update. So we, last time we went in, to the doctor. <clears throat> so the whole pregnancy, the baby has been transverse, been sideways. Um, last time we went into the, um, to have an ultrasound, ultrasound tech was like, yeah, baby's head down. Looks great. And we were like, wait, 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 wait. You can't just gloss past that. Like what? Um, we like started crying. Like we were just like so excited. Um, because if, like we had kind of just thought this whole time we're going to have to have a C-section and she wasn't even going to have be able to have the option to have the baby naturally. Um, and, and she's just been super uncomfortable with him sideways. Um, mm-hmm. and we were like, so we get, we, we get the news last week that he's head down. We're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, <clears throat> went back in to have another, um, ultrasound this week and little suckers transverse again. So <laughs> keeping it exciting. Um, yeah. So that was some, some hard news to bear. Um, but, and I mean, I just keep telling myself as at the end of the day, as long as, as long as he's healthy, as long as she's healthy, like that's all that really matters. You know, we can, we have our own expectations that are going to get met or not met and whatever. But as long as we have a healthy baby and a healthy mom at the end, that's all I really care about. So. It, it really is cliche to say that, but I've said that with every single one of my kids. And at the end of the day, it's always been true. Like healthy yeah, wife, I mean, healthy baby. And I mean, people are like, like, don't you have other things? I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, healthy wife, 
healthy baby. That's all I care about. Yeah. God's like got I've, the rest. I feel like yeah. I've done a, I feel like I've done a pretty good job at managing my own expectations and not trying to like kind of force what I want or my preferences yeah. on the situation. I've just been like, you know what? Like, sure, I've got my preferences and if they don't happen, it's whatever. But yeah, I just want a healthy baby, a healthy mom, and and, and honestly, man, like the the extra so like my wife is like super supernatural birth right both of our kids no drugs born at a birthing center if oh she could have God. them in our bathtub at our house like that's God what she bless would do Anna. that was that was that was my line i was like we are not having no kids in the bathtub at my house like i'm not <laughs> having here like let's go like let's go to a birthing center um but like you have those expectations right but then the first time you hold that baby all of that goes away like it yep. is like it is completely gone. You forget what you thought, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And no amount of stress over the course of those nine months matters at all. Cause your no, child is not. there. Yeah. Yep. It's, 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 and then you've got a whole lot of other stressors that drop in. Where you're like, yeah. I got 18 years with this little turd. <laughs> <laughs> this one that ate a burrito in my bed. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, everything's going, going good. We are, it's crazy. We are pretty much at most three weeks away. Um, Outstanding. We're, we're pretty much at the point where it's like, Hey man, anytime this could happen. Um, and I mean, I think, I think we're both ready. We're both as ready as you can be. Um, I want to say your wife's probably a lot more ready than you are. Yeah, no, she's the last few nights. She's had some really, really hard time sleeping. Um, which I feel awful because, you know, I wake up for work in the morning and <clears throat> I usually wake her up getting out of bed and she's like, Hey, how'd you sleep? And I'm like, I slept great. Like I, I, just, I didn't wake up at all. Like, I slept great. Like, how'd you sleep? She's like, not I really, I haven't really slept. And then I feel awful. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's, she's definitely ready for him to be out of here, out of her stomach and we're ready to meet him. Did you um, know that when a pregnant woman goes swimming, she is a human submarine. All right. <laughs> All right. I think you were the one that specifically said no more dad jokes on this podcast. I never said, I will never <clears throat> say. What do you no. call friends who like to eat together? What? Taste buds. Dude, I have so many. I still, every Sunday, I had two new ones for Sunday on church. It's his religion. It's his religion. Um, I told I told Tyler last time we played video games together that I had a story for him um, about Walmart. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tyler works at Walmart. Um, I, I wish he worked at my, my Walmart because I swear every time I go into my Walmart, I have a new story walking out. Um, <laughs> so, so I was at Walmart the other day with my, with my coworker, we're buying um, cups for, for coffee at our shop. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, like to start the day off with a nice cup of Joe. Um, and so we're, we're, our Walmart is currently going through like a major renovation process um, mm-hmm. and they're like changing almost everything. Yeah. And you know, our Walmart's been pretty much the same layout for, since I can remember. Um, but they're going through this big renovation and 
um, <clears throat> my coworker and I are looking through the aisles and we can't find coffee cups and we've known where they are for years and we're having a hard time finding them. And we, this old lady passes by us. <laughs> her shopping cart's like half full. <clears throat> and she looks at us and says, she goes, I don't know what they are doing here. It's like they turned the store upside down, shook it and let it fall in its place. <laughs> and we're like, and we're like, we're, we both like look at each other and kind of like smile and we look back at her and we're like, yeah, I know. Like we can't really find any, anything that we're looking for either. Like I, best of luck. Like, and she turns her shopping cart away from us and goes the opposite direction. <laughs> and she goes, she just like kind of puts her head down and then goes, what the hell? <laughs> it was just like the most frustrated tone. And she was oh. so mad that she couldn't find what she was looking for. <laughs> and just screams, what the hell? <laughs> oh That's my scary. gosh. It was so funny. And then as as at Walmart today, getting some bread. Um, I like to keep some bread at the shop so I can have some lunch and don't have to buy lunch every day. Um, got peanut butter and jelly. We're out of bread. What what type of jelly? Uh, I prefer red raspberry. Interesting. That is a a man of culture. Mm. Yeah. I prefer, prefer red raspberry preservatives actually. So chunks of raspberry. Yeah. (laughs) And sugar. Lots of more of a jam than a jelly. It's almost a preserve. It is a preserve, yeah. Red raspberry preserve. That's what I buy. Um, but I was I was in there today buying bread, and when you kind of walk into Walmart, there's kind of just this like raised noise level that's just I don't know what to call Mm -hmm. it other than the Walmart noise, which is kind of just people shopping, kind of small talk. And our Walmart, you hear some construction going on, occasional gunshot. <laughs> and uh I'm walking through and I I'm passing the produce section which is in the front and I hear this whistling that's very loud and I was like what is going on like no one's talking at an above normal volume like you just hear this just very distinct whistling and come to find out it was just this guy in the produce section looking at different produce just whistling his little heart out and it was like the most beautiful song that I feel like I've ever heard that this dude is just whistling, but he was whistling so loud. Like I, I walked past him to go to the very back of the grocery section to get like, I was looking for a can of or a a case of Coke and I'm in the very back of the store and I can still very distinctly hear him whistling his little beautiful tune. Um, And I like almost, I just, I just, I, I mean, tortillas get you excited too. I mean, it's, it's, it'll, just, it'll get me worked up every time. I just stopped where I was and just took in the beautiful <laughs> moment. Like I was like, this is, this is just a very cool moment. And it's just, every time I go to Walmart, it's just a different story. Although it never, it, nothing will ever top the time I was at Walmart. <clears throat> um, I was in high school. I think I was with my, my, my best friend at the time. Um, and we're walking through Walmart. And it's like 2 a.m. prime Walmart hours. And <clears throat> some dude in front of us is wearing pajama pants. Ball and start. 
and whatever whatever shirt I don't remember. I just remember the pajama pants. He's kind of walking a little funny, and all of a sudden he kind of shakes his right leg a little bit. Oh, please tell me it was poop. Please tell me it was poop. And a little turd came out the bottom of his pajama pants. <laughs> that is horrifying. On the Walmart floor. Oh yes, Tyler. What That's would be your your reaction coming into work to find out someone had pooped on the floor? Not a kid, not a child, a grown adult. Man, <laughs> you talk about a rough day uh, <laughs> or a crappy day. <laughs> I, I, man, I have no clue. I just, I'd be like, hey, uh, maintenance to aisle four. <laughs> not me. It's you're not like, going to be me. You're like, I have uh, about a week of PTO. I'm going to clock all that in right now. <laughs> yeah, it's nice knowing you, you guys. I'll see you in I'm the out. week. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it would not be me for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Yeah, it's generally every Walmart experience though. Like, well, every time so, they redo a Walmart, everybody comes in and complains about it, and they just gripe for seven months straight. And then the store is redone, and they're like, "Man, this place is beautiful. I love what you done with the place." <laughs> but for seven months, they were yelling and cussing at the employees because they were messing it up. That's- I'm not gonna lie, our local Fred Meyer, which is our Kroger brand res- um, place. Uh, they changed it probably like three years ago, and I still don't know where to find stuff. <laughs> the number of times I have called my wife to go, "Honey, <laughs> um, where is this thing on the list?" and she'll go like, "Oh, it's in the back of the store. Go to this aisle." And I'm like, "How do you know this?" And then she spoiled it for me. She's looking at a map of the store, and if you do like, uh, in the app. Yeah. yeah, the app shows what aisle, and I'm like, you What's, were so cool for like five minutes there. What's great is like we have a schnook, so we have t- five seconds from our house we go to. If I don't know where things are, I can look on the app, and it'll show me what aisle it's in. However, when Walmart is reconstructing their entire store, they don't update their app daily to what they changed yesterday. So you can't use the app at Walmart right now because everything's upside down, shaken, and left to drop in its place. <laughs> it was, I was laughing at so that funny. only because you said it was an old lady because my my current old lady story is over Christmas I went to JCPenney because they have the best sweaters for wives like okay. for um, well they they just they're better like they okay they're not all midriff like trendy sweaters they're like classy like this is this is a woman sweater um so I'm in there and this old lady, like I'm FaceTiming Emily. I hang up and this old lady comes over and she does like the elbow and wrist grab on me, like <laughs> held me. And she goes, you have the most beautiful golden skin I have ever seen. <laughs> and, and I was just like, thank you. <laughs> and then I like gingerly like, unfolded her arm her hand from my wrist <laughs> and walked away because that was scary i felt I, like i have been violated dude i literally felt that he puts the lotion in the basket like that's the vibe that i felt <laughs> and i didn't like it it scared yeah. me no thanks yeah i didn't like it did not like it oh at my all gosh alex you got any good dad stories oh i got i got one so, um, Uriah was a little sick the last, let's just call it six months. 
Well, a couple weeks, mainly. This That's when this story takes place. And let me set the stage for you. Um, sniffly nose, you know, a little bit raspy voice. No, no big deal. Um, but he wasn't really all that hungry. It was hard for him to keep food down or whatever. And so um, I'm at work. I get a text from my wife and she's like, you will not believe what just happened. And I'm like, either A, this is a leave work moment or B, this is I'm going to laugh hysterically moment. Didn't know which, <laughs> which direction this is going to go. Yeah. So my, my, my three-year-old is extremely well-spoken, like very proper, like very proper English. Um, and I love so, that kid so much. I love <laughs> that kid. So apparently, um, so he's fully potty trained. He just doesn't wipe himself yet. So he had gone to the bathroom. Um, my wife is wiping him and we do this thing. It's, you know, put your buns to the sky, right? You got to make sure you get in all the crevices, all that jazz, right? So put your buns to the sky. He sneezed when he put his buns to the sky (laughs) and things have been a little bit liquid because he's been sick. So he literally, my wife like said, it was a line of crap from the floor all the way up the back of like in our guest bathroom up the shower and got her. And, and the best was he looked back at her immediately and said, oops, sorry about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. He is my favorite youngest nephew and I can say that not as a bad person because I only have right. two nephews and I have an older nephew and a younger nephew. Oh my but, gosh. Uh like two Sundays ago he was uh Alex and his wife were talking to our pastors and I was like packing up my gear on stage. And I look over and I see little Uriah with his foot like in the middle of the group of these four grownups, just looking up at his parents and then looking down at his shoe and then looking up at his parents, <laughs> looking down at his shoe, looking up. And I like I hop off the stage and I look down and his shoes untied. And I look at him and I go, hey, Uriah, come here. And he goes, Uncle TJ, shoe untied. And I was like, I got you, buddy. And I tie his shoe. And then he just gives me a high five and then goes back to like hip to his mom's knee. And I'm like, I love you, kid. You're like my favorite youngest nephew. Jeez. That's funny. Those are the joys of going to church with family. Yep. Because I've gotten tackled by his oldest. His oldest has like zero chill. 100% 100% energy at all times. And dude, I almost got taken out by that kid. Like I went down for like the uncle went down to my knees to give a hug yeah, and he just yeah. full speed full. into my chest, almost like <laughs> laid me out in front of the lobby. And I'm like, okay, you. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just a big hug. And I'm like, that was almost bad. I'm old now. That would hurt, but yep. I'll take, I'll take a nephew hug any day. He's got a lot of love. Yes. That's wild. That's amazing. Introducing the newest innovation in parenting, the breast milk formula Keurig pod. Do you ever find yourself struggling to mix and measure your baby's formula correctly? Do you dread those middle of the night feedings where you're fumbling bottles and scoops in the dark? Well, fear not. Gone are the days of fussing with bottles, measuring scoops, and lukewarm water. With our revolutionary new formula pod, you can have perfectly prepared breast milk in seconds, right at your fingertips. 
Simply pop the pod into your existing Keurig machine, press the button, and voila! A steaming hot cup of breast milk formula is ready for your little one to enjoy. Our breast milk formula Keurig pods come in a variety of flavors, including classic, chocolate, and even pumpkin spice, because let's face it, babies deserve to be basic too. With breast milk formula Keurig pods, you can rest easy knowing your baby is getting the breast possible nutrition in the easiest possible way. But don't just take our word for it. Here's what some of our satisfied customers have to say. Jessica, new mom, says, I used to spend hours a day making bottles, but now I have so much more free time to binge watch Netflix. And Tom, the exhausted dad, says, I was skeptical at first, but after trying the breast milk formula Keurig pod, my baby actually started sleeping through the night. So what are you waiting for? For the best milk, try the Breast Milk Formula Keurig Pod today and give your baby the gift of convenience. Nice. As, you know as, your, as your guest, I'm going to need some samples of that. Um, not for my <laughs> child, for me. Because breast milk is actually rich in colostrum, which equals gains in the gym. So I need, I need that. <laughs> for me, not for my baby, for me. You know, it would have been way less disgusting if it wasn't a Keurig pod. <laughs> like, if you said, like, prepackaged, like, into a French press, I would have been down. But the fact that you, like, oh, I just slapped it in, then I made my coffee right <laughs> afterwards. Just, it's... Uh, Dude. Dude, it's actually what's, creamer. It's nice, it's sweet, come on. What's funny about it is if you have a Keurig, you know that it's impossible to keep clean. So, like, if you, like, there's no shot if you've made a cup of coffee previous to doing this breast milk formula. You're not not giving your kid espresso. Yeah, you're getting coffee. <laughs> you're getting coffee crowns in the in the in the, in the breast milk. So, oh my gosh, that was a good one. Wait, a good I think one. there's I think there's one more review for this. Oh yeah, you got one. Yeah, it says uh, from David Williams in uh, oh dear somewhere God. USA. Uh, the Keurig coffee pod for my uh, child's breast milk has been the greatest thing. Uh, now I can make my child's breast milk and order $300 of Taco Bell from random restaurants around the country with ease. Hey, David Williams, go <laughs> yourself. <laughs> God. Well, hey, if you have any questions about dad life, parenting, married life, or just general questions about Abe's love for us, Abe, we miss you. Please come back. Please follow and message us on Instagram, comments on YouTube, like me. and subscribe <laughs> at somehow I dad or email us at somehow I dad at gmail.com. Today's question is what is some of the best and worst parenting advice that you've ever received? All right. So I think the best piece of parenting advice, and I don't follow it too often because it's very tough raising toddlers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is to okay so if you're raising your child treat every day as if it's like the last day you're going to spend with your child treat them how you would treat them if it was the last day you were going to spend time with them and whenever I do think about that and whenever it does actually cross my mind and they're not irritating the living mess out of me and sometimes when they are irritating the mess out of me it helps me refocus on what's important and try to make their day better and try to enjoy the little bit of time that I do have with them every day and that's probably the best piece of advice. And the worst piece of advice would probably have to be anything that starts with, well, I raised four children. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> or I raised two children. I know what I'm doing, <laughs> which I think TJ shared in the group chat. But uh, I've received the same advice. And anything that starts with that is obviously 
probably going to end up being toxic. It's so true because for me, it, <clears throat> thinking about this topic was um, I have gotten so much less out of advice and so much more out of how other parents are dealing with their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Um, because I mean, I get, and this is not to be mean to my parents, but I get advice from my parents. I get advice from my in-laws. And honestly, I look at my kids and I want to raise them better than I was raised. Mm -hmm. Or I want to prep them better for the future than I feel like I was prepared. Give me one second. Well, and and to kind of pick up off that, TJ, um, you know, the, the intent for us is to like TJ said to raise our kids better than we were raised. Right. So yeah, ideally we wouldn't be following per se, all of the advice our parents give us. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think there's also some, some rich things looking backwards um, from your parents. Right. Because in the moment when you're a kid or even, you know, the pieces you remember, are generally negative, right? You'll hold on to a lot of these really negative moments. And I've had actually some really good conversations with my grandpa and my uncle who were um, around during my childhood. My parents, when I was young, um, I'm the second oldest of four. And um, so me and my older sister, um, when my, my mom and dad had us, we lived with my grandparents and my uncle. So they were around when I was little. Um, and so there's a lot of things that I gained from conversation with them as a grown man, um, really in just the last couple of years, um, about how, um, we were parented that I've gleaned and used in the future. Um, but I agree mainly with TJ and I mean, my parents are, are wonderful people. I love my mom and dad. Um, but you know, they were only able to use the tools they were given. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, which is tough given that my dad was, an only child and a latchkey kid. And my mom, her parents, I mean, her mom's been remarried a couple of times. Her dad's been divorced three or four times and was never present. So they didn't have a lot of tools, right? Where we have a lot more at our disposal today. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I think I have learned a lot more from my peers and having good conversations about what we are going through in the moment more than um because conversely what alex said we look back and see negative our parents only see the positive correct so uh and that's that's no no shade against my parents i love my parents dearly and they made me a lot of who i am today um but it's i feel like my the advice i get from my elders are usually like they're voiced in such a way as this is what you should do where my peers, I get a lot of, this is what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I've gotten more out of that. So like uh, just with Tyler, same with thing, same thing. Anytime somebody goes, well, I've already done this. I'm just like, cool. Well, <laughs> I know your kid. And, <laughs> yeah. and <they're> terrible. <laughs> but the best advice I ever got was I'm just going to cut you off really quick before you say that. Um, I think I'm a pretty, I'm a visual learner. I, I'd like to think. And I, the thing that keeps popping in my mind is like, well, you said like 
I, I think Alex was the one that mentioned like something about like when when people give you advice, it's like they're handing you tools to succeed. Mm-hmm. And it's like when it almost feels like sometimes you, when your parents give you advice, it seems like they feel like they're handing you the entire toolkit that you're going to need when it's really just a wrench. Yeah, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it's still great advice, and it's still something that's going to get the job done. But it's not the gospel, and it's not like it's not going to be the entire toolkit I need. I'm going to need to get a screwdriver. I'm going to need uh, a hammer. I'm going to need a leveler. I'm going to need all these other things, you know, to get stuff done around the house. And um, yeah, I think that's just kind of what my first like thought was when you guys were talking is like a lot of times um, people that have done it before and are older and are kind of grown up feel like they're giving you the entire tool bag and giving you, you know, the snap on dresser full of tools when they're really just giving you, a wrench or a screwdriver um, or some yeah. flex tape. That's yeah. all we're doing. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like, you know, one of the things when I think about parenting is culture has changed so much from generation to generation, to generation, like my grandpa, he's, he turns 80 this year, right? He parented through, you know, the sixties, seventies and eighties. My parents parented through the late eighties, early nineties into, you know, the early two thousands how much has changed culturally. Now, some of the tools are transcendent, right? Um, Like communication, being intentional, everything that you guys have been talking about on the podcast. Um, But the application is different, right? Where it's like being intentional today. all things that you are fighting against for your children's upbringing is very different. Right, because there's there's nothing in in the tool bag for my parents that talks about how much pad time I should give my son. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah. But it's funny that you brought up the tool thing because my pastor literally talked that about on Sunday. Is uh he went to the uh if there's a nut on something, you can even if you have good grip strength, you can work as hard as you can to loosen it, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna work as good as a wrench. But if you grab a hammer, it's a tool, but it's not the right tool for the application you're going for. Mm-hmm. So a whole lot of life is learning what tool you need at the right time to handle the current situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the best, the, uh, the best thing, parenting advice that I heard, and it wasn't even in the realm of parenting advice. It was a worship Devo where I, I, I brought like something about, um, the, like what we were building to as a team. And then my worship leader, Javon, said, uh, I want each and every one of you to remember that the ceiling that we reach, our highest thing we can get to is the foundation, the floor that our kids are going to build on. Yeah. Uh, So for me, that's when I hit that moment of like, I'm going to push as hard as humanly possible to set my kids up as high as I can reach them because that's Mm -hmm. where they're going to start. Yeah. They're not going to, if I just barely lift them up and hold them around the waist and just keep them at my level, then they're starting where I am. Mm-hmm. But if I can put them on my shoulders and get them further than I personally can ever get, because if I have my kids sit on my shoulders, they're taller than I will ever be. Mm-hmm. And if I can get them up there, then that's where they're going to start in their, either their, their emotional health, their spiritual health. Um, like I don't want my kids to go through what I always call as my less Christian days. I want mm-hmm. them to have that faith built in so they don't have to wander to make their faith their own. I want my kids to have their own faith growing up. Mm-hmm. I want like 
that's the stuff that that got me. That's what has been lingering in my mind as a father. And I really like what Tyler said about each day thinking, approach it as your last day that you're going to see your kids. Will you Mm -hmm. say, I love you that one more time? Will you play Legos with them? Will you hop on freaking Lego.com and surf sets so they can (laughs) see and you can see their joy? Or like we talked about last time, um, just playing that one worship song when they're bugging you, when you just want to hop on Xbox and like play Egypt. Yeah. Like, will you have that worship moment with your kids? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. That's, that's what's been sitting in my, in my mind as a dad recently. Yeah. yeah. It's just that, it's just that one thing that kind of gives you perspective. It's just a complete perspective shift of like, in the moment, this is not what I want to be doing. But when I have that perspective shift of, if this is the last day, I want to give my kid my everything. I want to give them all my attention. I want to give them, I want them to smile as much as possible. I want them yep. to laugh as much yeah. as possible. And if we, and I know it's, it's an impossible task, but if we do try to approach that, that kind of, you know, that with that intention every day, like how much greater of a, of a childhood are they going to have? How much greater of a parenthood, like parents are you going to be? How much better of a person are you going to be? Cause it's not only going to affect your fatherhood, but it's going to, tr- it's going to translate into other areas of life mm-hmm. knowingly. So yep. um, that's great. That's great advice. Yeah. Being, being a parent is a, is a selfless pursuit, like being a true dad, like being a father, like we our, our best example is God, right? Mm-hmm. The, the most perfect example. And it's an entirely selfless pursuit. So that's, and and the sucky thing is and is we're all human so our 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 pursuit isn't entirely selfless all the time but it's like that that main goal of you know living each day like it's your last with your kids and the one that has been you know the holy spirit has been really checking me on and is and convicting me on is being silly with my kids mm. right because i'm i'm a i'm a super serious rigid somewhat intimidating person from time to time, I know the guys, <laughs> when we play God together, it's not the same, but in, in my day to day, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a boss of 18 people. Um, I'm in charge of a ministry. So it's like, I'm a very rigid person. Yeah. Um, and so like Uriah this morning, or when I got like right before this, um, was dancing in the, uh, in the kitchen, butt naked, you know, dancing to whatever, just spinning around dancing. And, um, the Lord kind of checked me on it and he was like, Hey, you should go dance with your son. <laughs> and I'm like, but I got this. And he's like, uh-uh. no, go dance with your kid. Right. And so there's me dancing with my three-year-old in the kitchen. Right. And I, one, don't dance at all. I am not musically or rhythmically inclined. Um, but you know, it's the be, be silly and be okay. Looking like a fool in front of your kid. Well, yeah. as, uh, again, uh, I'm sorry to loop this back to service on Sunday. Uh, would be uh, what Javon said when we started worship, what he was ad- not admonished, but encouraged to by the, if they went to the Harry Job concert on Saturday was uh, one of the worship leaders said, I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to dance foolishly before the Lord, like with no fear, <clears throat> with no cares i am here only to worship god yeah and i i see like what you're saying like just to go in without those preconceived notions those 
that how is that going to look? Your kids aren't going to remember that you dance stupidly. They're going to remember that dad danced with me. Yeah. And that, that also ties back to that. Um, the, uh, how you model your marriage to your kids. Like I, 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 I think I said, I want my kids to see me and my wife be silly and stupid. Laugh Mm -hmm. about dumb things, dance in the kitchen, like have stupid jokes. Like when I accidentally slapped a bagel out of Emily's hand, the kids thought that was the funniest thing. It was totally unintentional. It was one of those, like I just stretched and I just slapped the bagel out of her hand and we lost it. And the kids thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen because dad (laughs) knocked the food. But in that same way is like the go in with zero abandon with your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So, Garrett, what advice have you gotten as a father who isn't even like baby out yet? How? What is the? What have um, you heard? Because I know you've had to have heard that everybody's an expert on what you should be doing in the future. Yeah, I, I honestly, I was trying to think back of like what people said, um, and I feel like you get so much advice that it all blurs together, and I don't really remember much of it. Because because everyone wants to give you their opinion, which is great. I mean, I'll I will gladly accept any advice I get. You know, whether or not I filter it out as to whether I'm going to use it or not, that's whatever. But I will gladly take any advice I can get because I'm figuring this thing out and doing this for the first time. So, um, <clears throat> I actually wrote I actually wrote out on Facebook and Instagram to see um, kind of what other people's responses were to this question. Um, and I feel like the one of them that I that someone posted here, Spencer um, posted, um, is when people say enjoy it while they're little because it only gets worse. Um, <laughs> it's just like I feel like I, that's negative. Yeah, negative. Like, I I I feel like this goes along with any advice people give you is if it's negative, don't say it. Like that's not that's well, not that's not the advice that a new parent needs is something negative. It's and gonna suck, guys. It's gonna suck. <laughs> and don't worry, it only gets worse. Like Yeah. Like I don't I don't need that negativity in my life. Exactly. And I don't need to be focusing on like if I'm in a moment having like I'm at, if I'm having a great moment with my kid, I don't want to be th- like because I have that in my head now. I don't want to think, oh, it only gets worse from here. Like, no, like we say it at our, we say it at our church all the time. Like our best days are ahead. Like they are not like we've had great days behind us and great things have happened. And I feel like I, I just, I I take that into my everything, every aspect of my life and even parenting, like, like, no, like I'm not letting what may be a really great moment now be the only great moment there is or like whatever, like, no, like sure things may get hard and things may get harder, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. And that doesn't mean that I can't find moments of enjoyment or whatever. Like, no, the best days are ahead of us. Yep. And um, I don't know. I just feel like any advice that someone gives you that has any negative connotation, like, I know you're trying to be helpful. I know you're not trying to whatever, but like, don't give negative connotation advice because it does, it's not helpful. Like it, For the yeah. record, if I give you negative advice, it's usually to be funny. No, and I understand <laughs> that. Yeah, I know. I know you well enough to know that. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, I, another a, a funny one that um, someone had reached out. Funny enough, the uh, the breast milk Keurig pod um, was actually something that someone told one of my friends to use instead of breastfeeding. Is that really a thing? It's really a thing. I was oh, talking with I was talking with Kate about what? it, and it's really a thing that you can get a formula into a Keurig pod. Um, I don't know if it's actually a Keurig branded thing, but it's um, going to be one of those things you put in your coffee maker to make formula. Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> I will buy it. I will buy it, and I will post it on Instagram just for you guys. It's not, Alex. It's not, Alex, it's, you and I are going to have a conversation after this podcast. <laughs> Gains, bro. Gains are important. You and I are going to have not, a conversation have after colost- this podcast. It doesn't have colostrum in it. It's a formula. But if someone made it for formula, someone definitely made it for breast milk. Just big brain. Just, just make, <laughs> just make like, just get whey protein, bro. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Um, but another another piece of advice um, that so Sam, my worship pastor, said that someone um, told him <laughs> that they need to change their their son's diapers with their kids standing up. Because it builds dignity and character. Interesting. Uh, that and I would I thought, argue only happens when you've got a blowout. And that's I a thought, good way to get pissed on. I thought that's a great way to get pissed on. Whoever <laughs> said this piece of advice has clearly never changed a diaper with their kids standing up. Like, I mean, I guess like if he's laying down, I'm still probably going to get pissed on. But like, for sure, it's it may not be as direct yeah. as him standing. Just the don't PSI make him lean over and sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, the the best piece of advice I ever got um, was was from a a pastor who was in my life when I was a, a young man trying to figure out what kind of man I wanted to be, um, and he had told me he said, um, "Pay attention, like look." Four people in your life and you want in your life to emulate parenting. Right. So, so he was real. We were talking more about mentorship as a man. Um, but he really said, be specific and pick specific areas of your life to find mentors. Right. So if you're in business, find a business mentor, you know, spirituality that and, and whatnot. But the, the one honed in on his name's pastor Franklin. Um, one of my very best friends today. Um, and he's the guy. Yeah. And he's the godfather of my sons, but, um, he was the one that, you know, God had really showed me that is someone I want to emulate being a dad after, right. Cause he was e- evenly stern and compassionate, silly. He was very, you know, like to your point earlier, TJ, um, demonstrated what it's like to be married in front of his kids. And he has a mixed family, right? He has uh, a couple of kids that aren't his, um, by blood. And, but he's known them since they were young and they, you know, they call him dad and all that. So I, I looked at him and really started from that moment, paying attention to the people around me and being able to see, I want to do that. I want that. Let me get closer to this. And I definitely don't want kids that look like that. Right. Cause it's like <laughs> the, the, yeah. um, the parenting is directly or mostly directly represented by the fruit, right. Mm-hmm. And their kids, how they act, how they carry themselves. Um, most of the time, right. I've met some really great parents who had just terrible children as at the ages they were. Right. Um, but so that was the biggest, the best piece of advice 
I ever got, which was just like, be intentional, pay attention to like the people around you. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Ask good questions, find good mentors in different areas of your life. The worst advice uh, probably goes in line um, with uh, what TJ and Tyler had said was, um, I had a, an older gentleman at our church. It was a two-parter with this guy, him and his wife. I was like, man, I never want to see you again. Um, but <laughs> his, he had said, like, Lincoln and I were having a very intense discussion by our prayer room, which there's like a hallway by the kids. And all he says as he's walking by is, don't spare the rod. And I'm like, sir, I'm about to not spare the rod on you. Um, <laughs> but And then uh, his wife, uh, Lincoln, she was in the, um, in the nursery. They, they don't go to our church anymore, so we're good. But um, she, uh, she had suggested that I get my, uh, at that time, four-year-old on, uh, on Adderall slash Ritalin. And I'm like, mm, I think we're going to pass. Yeah. I think we're going to pass on that one. But those are, those are the real world worst advices I've ever gotten. But Jeez. That is like the most, I, I think, misconstrued voice, uh, verses in the Bible is spare the rod, spoil the child. Because it never says you have to beat your child. Right. It's basically like saying it. if you void your child from discipline, then yes, they will become spoiled. They will become an unruly child. It doesn't mean you have to beat them. <laughs> it can be any right. sort of discipline or punishment. It could be yeah. a timeout. It could be talking to them. Yeah. It, it could be anything, any variety yeah. of things. Discipline um, looks different to yeah. each child, I think. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And not because you spank your child, you're beating them. I'm, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm, I'm saying it's not that everything revolves into to one bubble. Like It just yeah. doesn't fit. Isn't your there agenda. a huge amount that goes to what your intention is or your heart in the <clears throat> discipline is? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that a few episodes ago as well as yeah. how do you, I, I think it was specifically, how do you tell like if you're being too hard on your kids and it's just mm-hmm. your intent, it's your intention behind it. I think. Yeah. 100%. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if your intention is out of bad and like if, because you're angry or you're frustrated, like chances are you're probably being a missing the mark kids yeah 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 that's 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 what it is and i think it's really cool um that that god really pairs you up with a person that will will even you out right so it's like and it may be either end but um the uh what's the word i'm looking for the the visibility to a person who knows you as well as your wife does right Mm -hmm. and vice versa right so you can really sense that sub, you know, subconscious angst that's going on. If like I get home and my wife's like, she's got that face on, like I'm like, oh man, here we go. It's been a tough one, <laughs> right? So I, I am, I am the mellowing agent in that moment, right? Or yeah. if yeah. she does the same thing to me, or she'll like she'll correct me and be like, hey, you need to go chill out, right? <laughs> you know, you're you're coming up, you're coming at Lincoln at a level ten, which it merited a level three. Right. So there's something else going on with you. Go deal with that. Come back. Did you hear the podcast, Alex, where I talked about how your reaction should not exceed the offense? Yep. That one, that has been in my head for a while. Like, like just sitting there. Yeah. But yeah, discipline is a, is a tough one. Yeah. Because and it, the biggest thing, and I'll go back to it. I know I've said it before. You got to learn how your kids react. Yeah, mm-hmm. discipline or is how, a minefield. Or how the how they learn. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you've also got to you've got to f- learn how they react, but how do you react? 
Mm-hmm. Like how are how are you reacting when they do whatever? How do how do you react when they color on the walls? How do you react when they steal your burrito? Steal your burrito and dump it all yeah. in the bed. How do you react when they say words they know they shouldn't what they shouldn't say? Yeah. Or how do you yeah. react when they just want your attention and you are yeah. too busy? Like, I mean, you've you've got to learn. You've got to know how you react to those situations, yeah. but then you also need to know right. how they best react to, um, to you kind of disciplining them per se. And full yeah. back to the uh, sometimes you got to humble your pride and apologize to your kids when you're wrong. Yeah. And yeah. that sucks. That is a humbling moment. Yeah, I yeah. I one of one of the pieces of advice here that someone posted on on face on, on my Facebook here. Emma said that um it's it's healthy for your for your child to watch you experience emotions. Um mm. so I think it like I mean that kind of falls right in line with that like it's it's healthy for your kid to watch you experience like I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Like I I acted wrong in this moment and I apologize and I want you to like, will you forgive me? And yeah. Um, yeah. even all other kinds of emotions, like it's healthy for your, for your children to watch that and to see how you process through different emotions. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's huge. That's part of that. Like you're raising your kids mm-hmm. to be better than you are. Mm-hmm. Like that is the end goal is I want my kids to be more successful than me, more talented than me, more better opportunities than I had. And that's yeah. not to say I didn't have opportunities, but if, if, if my kids are more successful than me when I'm 50, cause let's see, I'm 31. My youngest will turn 18 when I am 46. So if my kids end up more successful than me by the time I'm like 55, I'm going to be thrilled. I'm not going to be like, these kids kids owe me because I raised them. No, I'm going to be like, (laughs) heck yes. My kids, I did my job. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to champion your kids to be the best they can be. 100%. And that goes back to Alex's point about God is God gives us all these opportunities and he's just dreaming for the moment that we double our investment. Or quadruple yeah. our investment. If yeah. if we just bury our talents in the ground and we are at the same level, he's happy with us. But how much more could we have achieved with that? And yeah. yeah. On on the flip side of that too, it's like scripture does talk about the um, you know, the the curse that lasts your generation after like generations, your sons, 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 right? So it's mm-hmm. like there's a a requirement on on a father and a parent to be introspective and deal with your own stuff as well as raise these kids to not deal with the generational curses that you may carry or have carried in, in right. That your parents didn't deal with or your grandparents didn't deal with or or whatever, or maybe you were the instigator of. Um, So it's, it's, there's a, there's a heavy mantle. And to, to your point earlier, Garrett, about like, it only gets harder. I, I think a lot of people aren't ready for the mantle that comes with parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to, they want to, you know, enjoy the cute squishy part. And um, I think they want to, really, they want to, they want to blame it on their kids too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Not, I did all not, I could. These kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I'm doing yeah. everything I can, but my kid is still blah, blah, blah. And I, I understand that stuff does happen, but I feel like a lot of times, like to your point that, you know, when things get hard, people in, in, in every situation, not just parenting, when things get hard, people look for a scapegoat and people look mm-hmm. for another reason 
to blame anything else but themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times that common denominator in those situations is you and you've just yeah, got right. to handle, you've got yeah. to handle your own stuff first and be ready for what's coming your way um, before you are trying to just blame stuff on your kid because it's easy in the moment. I don't know if my phone is listening to me, um, but I don't know if you guys have you version. Did you guys just get the verse of the day? I get mine at a different time of the day. Well, you probably get it like two hours away from me. But mine literally said, "For you created me in my are you for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. If that doesn't go on to being a dad and being a parent and then raising children, I don't know what does. That is Mm -hmm. literally the verse that the the Bible app just told me is the highlight of the day. I'm like, that's that's topical. Like it's, 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 it's a big thing to be that mantle. And I, I don't know. I don't feel like my parents ever prepped me for that. Uh, like in the realm of advice, I never got, mm-hmm. uh, was the weight of being a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, I, I don't know if that's a, um, like that modeling a marriage and parenthood. Cause at some point you're also modeling how to be a parent to your kids mm-hmm. when yeah, they have children. Someone else on, on my Facebook had said, um, you know, how you treat your kids and how you love your kids is how your kids are going to love and treat their kids. Yeah. You are, <clears throat> everything that you model as a parent I'd say to an extent, I don't want to say a hundred percent of the things that you do, your kids are going to do, but to a good extent, a lot of what you do as a parent, your kids are, that's their only reference of what a parent looks like to an extent. And they're they're either going to use you as a good example or a bad example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the heavy thing. I don't want to be the parent that this is what my parents did. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. yeah, but I think you there's know? also you also have to come to a point where no matter what you're gonna, no matter what you do, your kids aren't gonna agree or like everything you do. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, when I first, when we first found out when we were pregnant, I don't know if I've shared this yet on the podcast yet, but one of my biggest fears was, you know, we Kate and I were we found out we were pregnant, and we were on vacation, uh, just the two of us, just getting away. Um, we're sitting down at a diner in some small town in Boston. Um, just talking about, you know, talking about parenting and just dreaming for our kids' life. And um, it was really awesome. But I, I sat, we, we kind of ended the conversation and I was like, you know, what's going to suck is our kid in 20 years is going to be sitting down at a diner with his wife talking about all the things that his parents did that he didn't like, that he wants to do different for his kids. And broke my heart. Like I was like, I don't want to be the cause or the reason for any hurt or pain or anything in my kid's life. Like I want to be the best version that I can be for him so that he doesn't have to have those scars per se, for lack of better terms at the moment, like to heal through. But at the end of the day, you just have to come to terms with like, I can only do so much and I can do the best that I can do. And he still isn't going to love everything. And so it's, I think it's just, it's kind of that human side of parenting because you're learning too. You've never parented a newborn. You never parented a toddler. You know, it's, 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 I feel like there's gotta be a space 
in your heart to talk to your kids when they're adults mm-hmm. and be what like eliminate the pride and be like, what did I like? Talk to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I would love, and I can't, <clears throat> I can't wait until <clears throat> my kids are old enough where I can sit down with them. And I feel like I, I'd love to do it on a regular basis too, as at, at starting at whatever age when they're can kind of comprehend the question, but like, what can I do to parent you better? Like, yeah. what have I, what have I done that's hurt you? What have I done that's been great? Like, I, this isn't something like, like, give me some feedback here. Like yeah. I would love to help you as much as I can. And even like, <clears throat> I think we've talked about this before is there's the different stages of parenting. Like, like I may have crushed, you know, the toddler stage, but man, middle school is rough. And yeah. like, how do, what can I do to help you? Like what, like mm-hmm. I'm here for you. And um, I, I can't wait for those conversations to just be like, to know that I can swallow my pride enough to say that, like, I know I'm not the best parent, but I really want to be. So what can I do better for you? And, um, and that's the developing relationship as you go from newborn all the way to an adult child. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you, you as a, you as a child need your parents different in every season of life. And it's an ever evolving relationship of, father and son or mother and son or mother and daughter, whatever combination you have, like it's, it's an ever evolving relationship and you can't just get so fixated on one season of life that you think that how you parent in one season of life is going to work for the rest of seasons. Yeah. And And conversely, how you relate to your parents has to change. Exactly. I've been challenged by that, especially like with my dad wanting to do stuff with me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 31. I've got my own family. I've got my own job. I'm working. I'm providing. And the same way that I miss my kids when they're at my Mm in-laws or my parents over the weekend. And as much as I love that my house is quiet, my wife and I can sit on the couch and watch a show without, you know, can you get me some apple juice? There's a monster Mm -hmm. under my bed, like that kind of thing that (laughs) conversely my dad just wants to spend time with me. My mom wants to spend time with me. And even though it can be an inconvenience where I'm like, bro, dad, I'm, I work my fake job. I know, (laughs) but, uh, I work. I just want to be home. But at the same time, I have been trying to put myself in the, if Luke said that to me when he's a grown ass man and I just want to hang out with my son. Yeah. Yeah, like it, 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 it conversely, yeah, it's just that like we are all learning as time progresses because I've never been a 31 year old son mm-hmm. slash dad before. Yeah. yeah, my dad's never been uh, 52, 62. Oh, my dad is, I think he's, I think he's in the 60s. Yeah, <laughs> what is it, 2023? 62. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, dang. But like he's never been in that position, and there's there's that grace, and you got to have the grace that we are both learning, mm-hmm. and the ability to see outside your own bubble. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's really good. So that's my my parenting advice to anybody <laughs> listening: is try to see things from other people's perspective. Yeah, as much as possible. Trying to try to see your kids' perspective. Even when they're wrong, especially at the stage where my oldest is seven, my youngest is three. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or I think Luke's eight now. Yeah, he's eight. Um, seeing things from their perspective and realizing that your your heart matter or your heart behind things is so vastly important mm-hmm. to what you are doing. Yeah. And you can have the best intentions and still fail utterly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, if you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about, please reach out on Instagram, email, or just reach out to any of us personally on any of our um, personal social media accounts. Uh, we'd love to get some feedback on what's working, what's not working on the podcast, and what we want to talk about, like what what helps you as a parent and what helps what what you're struggling with, what you're um, kind of wanting some thoughts on. So yeah, just reach out. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to listen to uh, some morons like us uh, talk about like we have it all together because Lord knows we don't. Uh, we're just trying to figure it out um, day by day, just like you. So thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, until next time. I'm Tyler. <laughs> I'm TJ. <laughs> I guess I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Garrett. Remember that being good enough isn't the goal. The goal is progress over perfection. Let's all try to be a little bit better this week than we were last week. You got this. Love you. Bye. Bye.